see. Good evening. There we go. Uh, so glad that you are here and glad we have this opportunity to come together today. Today's been an awesome day. It truly has uh, this morning coming together for worship and this afternoon, uh, David Shannon teaching a leadership class and, and this congregation should be very, I think, excited to know that about 50 men showed up today to listen and, and think about being a leader of the, of the church. How, how awesome is that thought? That there's that many men who are interested in, in the future of the congregation. I know there's more. I know there's always stuff going on every time, and it has been recorded, I believe. But just to think of that and those guys today who have decided to, to uh, learn more and to focus on that. I'm so thankful for David and Tracy being here for their influence, but thankful today to see that. To see one this afternoon, to see somebody baptized into, into Christ has just been an awesome day, and I'm thankful that we are back here today. You know why? Because God's not through working today yet. We don't know what might happen tonight. Why? Because God is at work among his people, and amazing things happen when God is at work. Thank you tonight for those who are joining us through the live stream. I pray that uh, this will be a blessed time for you. Several years ago, my uh, cousin contacted me, and he said, uh, my wife and I are three girls. We want to go and do mission work. He said, we're going to go to Tanzania for five years. It's like, wow. I, 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 I asked him, I said, how did you come up with that? I'm like, you know, Hawaii needs missionaries too. I mean, why? Did you choose Tanzania? He had a heart for it. Um, this is my younger cousin Adam, and, and he does. He has a heart for mission work. He's been he's done work in India. He, he's done work in, in a lot of Spanish-speaking countries. He he is someone who truly loves it. And and uh, as he went there, it was amazing because he is uh, and his wife are both really good photographers, and I love seeing their pictures that they took while they were there. You know, it's just awesome to know that, that, you know, even though his time was spent with people, that when he would do a missions presentation, I'm like, well, you've got the pictures beat. It's amazing to come in and to be able to show the things that they would see while they were there. See, but it wasn't about animals. While he was there, he was teaching the gospel, and they would go into village to village, and they had a generator that, that would run a PowerPoint projector. It's amazing that, and they could get it there, and they had a screen they could set up, and they could uh, teach people the gospel. It, it was awesome to see what they would have set up and, and to see people come to Christ because of the work there. As they would go, and you start thinking, in, in these uh, really clean baptistry, right? You know, they need to change the filter. I mean, that's a rough baptistry. And to talk to them and to ask them, you know, what did you have to think about? They said, well, before we could do a baptism, we had to get somebody to make sure that, that there were no crocodiles and really there were no hippos in the water because if they were, it, it was deadly. Did y'all just hear that? that? That is what they were concerned about. So I got thinking, I said, well, you know, even though they did an awesome job, I love the, the work they did there. I was like, what's, what's the biggest danger there? You know, you're, you're in a place that it's not like here. What's the biggest danger there? And, and because there are dangers to doing work there. And I'm like, was it lions? Because they were lions in the area where they were. He said, no, that's not our biggest danger. And I said, what about the hippos? Because hippos kill more people than most other wild animals. It's pretty, pretty amazing. He goes, no, that, that, that really wasn't. See, we had to be careful around him. I said, you know, what about the, 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 the crocodiles or whatever? He said, no, and, and, and this bird would beg to differ, okay? This bird would say, yeah, the crocs are a problem, okay? 
He said, really, the, uh, one of the biggest fears we have here, it's not that. I, I said, what about, I said, I know there's always civil unrest there. Is it that? He goes, no, it's not that. He says, actually, malaria. I said, of all those things, the animals that can eat you, the, the, the thing that's probably the most dangerous to you there is not people, it's malaria. And I started thinking, of all those things, a mosquito is the most challenging thing to them. See, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've always wanted to go to Canada. And one of the reasons is because I've watched a lot of hunting and fishing shows on Canada. When, when you see the fishing that takes place up there, that they'll, they can drop you in lakes that somebody else may not have even fished in and fly you in, and, and you think about all the, the opportunities there to, to catch fish, and also there's some big deer in Canada. You know, a lot of times the, their body weight's 300 pounds. They're huge. To be able to do that, and you think about all the beauty that's there, but the thing is, you know what they have a lot of? Mosquitoes. They do. If you've uh, seen some of the videos there, it's a pretty amazing. Well, I understand they, even though it says Alaska at the bottom, it's really Canada. There's 35 different species of, of mosquitoes there. I'm not sure who counted that. I don't have that talent or desire, but somebody did. They went through, and, and you think about this, and, and you start thinking, you know, I'm not sure it'd be as much fun when you start thinking about this is, you know, I start thinking about the 10 plagues. You know, this is there, and somebody, this is what it looks like on someone's hat. And you start thinking about, what about mosquitoes? Well, in any situation, they are something that can reduce enjoyment to whatever you're doing that you enjoy. Would you agree? You ever been on a picnic? It's a great time, you're having a good time, and then you didn't realize you had that quick reflexes, and you've slapped yourself to death? You go through that, and you think about this. There's pain, then it's dread. There's certain places, like, I don't want to go there. But in the reality, mosquitoes can lead to sickness and even death. See, tonight, uh, you were going, Craig, thank you for the lesson on mosquitoes. I don't know about you. I'm, this is pretty personal. I'm going to tell you, uh, I have a mosquito that, 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 that can hurt me and might can hurt you. And that, that one is a, a mosquito of a procrastination. Really small, right? But it can do a lot of damage. It is amazing. You start thinking procrastination. Uh, it means to defer action, to, to, to put off until the opportunity is lost. I love that it comes from the Latin, which means what? To belong to tomorrow. Just belong to tomorrow, I have to do it today. And, and living, such, living such life, one's life, in such a way as to depend on there being another day. Let that set in. That's really what procrastination is, thinking there, there will always be more time. It will always be there. You think, Craig, is this a Bible subject? Uh, it is. When we're told what? Do not boast of tomorrow, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Do not boast of tomorrow, uh, for we do not know what tomorrow may bring. We, we don't know what, if we'll have tomorrow. We don't know if it will be here. And so don't count on tomorrow. James 4, 17, he who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. Is that a procrastination verse? Yes. If we know there's something we should do, something that we know God has commanded and we have chosen not to do that to us, it is sin. 
In Matthew chapter 20, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 21 and 22, but Jesus said, follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. This is something that there, there, as people were following Christ, to me it's interesting. If you read through the New Testament, when you see Jesus, when you're going through the Gospels, and you see a crowd gather, he'll say something pretty strong, and he thins the crowd out. Can you imagine saying, hey, Jesus, I'd love to follow you, but I'd like to go back and bury my dead. Hey, let the dead bury the dead. Come on now. If you want to follow me, the time to do that is right now. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says what? Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. I, I know that uh, as, as people start thinking about uh, being saved, I am somebody who believes in the urgency of salvation. The urgency of, uh, of doing that, of not saying this can happen just whenever it, it fits, but, but desiring to do that and wanting to do that, it is something that can be very, very, um, it, if we count on tomorrow, then will we ever be saved? If I think I've got plenty of time, I can do that, I can just, I can just put that off. But to think that, that there is something, in, and, and I just laugh because when it comes to procrastination, there's usually two different sides of that. There's non-procrastinators here that think I should have already preached this sermon. Okay? And there's procrastinators here that think I should put it off for a while. Craig, and you can just skip this one and we can do it later. I think it's interesting, and I think at times we need to ask ourselves, is there something that we're dealing with that we're not doing, that we're counting on having more time to do? And I think it's something we should be aware of, and I think it's good at times to ask questions of that. Do you struggle with it? You may not know tonight, so let's think about this. Do you handle the same material over and over and over again? In your life, do you do this? Secondly, is uh, your first response, hey, I'll deal with this later. Do you have a lot of unfinished projects? Please, women, don't elbow your husband the entire list, okay? That's not sweet, okay? Do you get irritated when somebody says, don't you have that finished yet? Have you worn out a snooze button? I think that's something that's there. We Do you vote to table a motion until you've got the world's largest table? Are you frequently late? Do you regret the quality of your work, thinking, you know what, if I had more time, I just could have, I just could have done better, and, and I could have done this. And secondly, do you pay late fees on bills? Is it one of those things that you constantly have to do because you put it off? As one person says, if your favorite days are tomorrow and someday, or your favorite time is sometime. See, what I find interesting is with procrastination, um, you start thinking about it, and you're saying, Craig, we really shouldn't think about anything. I'm not saying that. I do think it's funny that, that tonight I, I did not let Philip know what I was going to preach on, and he taught, and he sang what? Teach me, Lord, to wait. Thanks a lot, Philip. <laughs> but there's things we should wait on. 
there's things that do take deliberation, and we should think about that. I, I think about that. You know, when it comes to investing, the Bible says in Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty surely comes to poverty. There are times that we should put a lot of thought into something. When it comes to speaking, it's something we, we should do there. It, 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 we think about it. it. comes to speaking, do you see the man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The Lord's timing, Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. We're not talking about patience. But we're talking about when waiting becomes a problem. It's procrastination. It's putting off what we know we need to do when we don't need to continue deliberating, when there's a decision that needs to be made. See, I believe there's great tragedy in procrastination. If you will, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 24, and I want us to look at one of the, I think, very clear-cut examples in Scripture of some procrastination. In Acts chapter 24, we're going to read about a man named Felix, and, and Paul is going to go before him. Paul is sort of working his way up into uh, uh, the, the Roman hierarchy, and he's going to come before Felix and, and meet with him. And every time Paul got a chance to talk to someone about the gospel and about God, he did. And he used these opportunities with these people to be able to influence them because he believed if he could influence them, he could influence a nation. It, you know, if, I can, if he could convert a leader of people, what could be done? And, and he made a, a dent everywhere he went, I think, being able to, to share the gospel with those who are around him. This is taking place in uh, Caesarea, and, and I find it interesting. Again, you think about Paul traveling these places. He didn't get to stay in nice hotels. He stayed in prisons. The prison in, in Caesarea, this is one of the, the pictures there the, of the cells. I, I've shown this before, but I just want to try to imprint this. If you were to turn this around and take a picture out of it, it would be a beautiful view of the sea. I'm going to guess that view would get less beautiful as that tide got higher and higher because the tide would come into the cell. The cell was not even really tall enough at times to, to stand up all the way unless you were shorter. And what would happen is there was no real care for you. And at times when the tide got high, it would come in and sort of clean out the cell and go back out. That's the wonderful accommodations that Paul would have to endure. And Paul would get this opportunity to come before Felix. And let's begin reading in verse 22 of Acts chapter 24. It says, But Felix, having rather uh, accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, uh, When Lysias the, the tribune comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but, that, but have some liberty. And none of, none of his friends should be prevented to attend to his needs. So he's in good shape. Instead of Paul having to stay in the, the places many times he had to stay, he's saying, hey, let's take care of him a little better. You know, Paul's used to staying in these prison cells that are really horrible. He's saying, we're going to take care of him. So Felix is sort of warming up to him. It also says he has a rather accurate knowledge of the way. What's he talking about? Of the church. Felix knows about the church. He, he, is, he is familiar with it. He knows about this. And continue down, says, But after some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, 
who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present, and when I get an opportunity, I will summon you. Felix is with a woman that, by God's law, he has no business being with. Not because she's Jewish, but because there's a, a marriage situation there. There's an unfaithfulness there. And, and we look at this, and it's interesting that the, what he's going to talk to this person about is, uh, you know, you're going to pick a sermon for this person. What's he going to pick to talk about? Well, I've got this uh, ruler, and he's coming in, and he pretty much gets to do what he wants to. And nobody can say no to him. He, he can have any pleasure he wants. He can have any vice. He can do what he wants to. So what am I going to preach to him about? About being righteous, about self-control, and about the coming judgment. That's what he, he's going to preach to him about. So that's what he does. And, and what happens, it is something that shakes him. Felix listened, by the way. It says he was alarmed. I think the old KJV says he trembled, if I remember right. That he trembled, it was something that, that got to him. He heard the message, and it was something that affected him when he heard this message, and, and there is something he needed to do in order to be saved. Also, when you hear this message, if there's something you must do to be saved, that, meant the, that means the current state you're in is you are lost. If there is something you must do to be saved, that means the current state you are in is lost. He hears this. He says, go away for the present, present and when I get an opportunity, I will summon you. Now, the next verse says this. It says, at the same time, he hoped uh, that money would be given to him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus and desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. Felix knew, had extensive knowledge of the way, probably because of Drusilla, has a Jewish wife. She's going to know uh, what's going on in, in this world and probably know about Paul also. And he has been taught the gospel. He has been taught what he needs to do, that judgment is coming, that God is going to come. He's going to separate the, the sheep from the goats, who gets to go home with Jesus and, and, and who, who is going to be lost. And he hears it, says he's alarmed, he trembles, but he does nothing about it. Some of your versions say, I will send for you at a more convenient time. As far as we know, that time never came. And that's the tragedy of procrastination is it can cost you your soul. To know what you need to do and, and to put that off over and over and over again, or to put it off once, can cause you not to be saved because you have not acted on the message that you have heard. I think it's going to be very important for us if we're going to deal with procrastination in our life, I think it's going to, we need to identify where it comes from. If it comes to mosquitoes, you realize that mosquitoes have certain places that, that breeding takes place. And, and you think about that. If you have a, a low-lying area, you can have that. Um, some people have bird bass, and some bird bass turn into what? 
uh, mosquito spas, evidently, uh, where they uh, will, will breed. And also one of the worst places, if you've got tires laying around inside of tires when they get wet. Also, we, we think about swimming pools that may not be swimmable now. The mosquitoes thank you for that. So there's breeding ground for mosquitoes. What about breeding ground for procrastination? One of those is fear. A lot of times procrastination comes about because we are afraid of making a decision, afraid of doing what we have been called to do. We, we see that in, in, in Felix, that, that he was alarmed, that he trembled, that, that I think he knew, but what would he lose if he did? He may lose his prominence, his position, whatever that is. I think it's very important that we realize that this fear is a, a, big, a big deal and realizing that choosing not to do something is a big, is, has a big difference. We look here in Psalm 119.60, I hastened and did not delay to keep thy commandments. What was the something? I want to make sure I do what is right. Also, when I think about fear, I think about Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, the fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. He said, that fear brings a snare. It's something that it will slow us down if we focus on that instead of trusting in God. What would happen if we trusted in God? See, for some of us, we, we don't make a decision because we're, fear, we're afraid we will fail. For some, there's a fear of responsibility. I, I don't want the, the, the responsibility that comes from making a decision or a fear of commitment. It is important that we know and that we make decisions not based on fear but on faith. Again, when I, we think about those breeding grounds that are there, one of those is going to be fear. Another one of those can just be laziness. It can just be laziness. This is just inactivity. An object stays at rest until something else acts upon it. But an object that is at rest is more likely to do what? Stay there. Laziness is something that happens. I find it interesting that in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 10, verse 18, we see that here. It says, through indolence, the rafters sag, and through slackness, the house leaks. Through someone who doesn't do what? Do the upkeep that they need to do. Says if you put a little work into it, your your rafters can can be repaired through through slackness and, and doing this the roof leaks through a little work that can be prevented. What happens is we tell ourselves I'll do it later, but if we put off maintenance long enough, guess what? It will fall apart. Do we have any flossers in the room, like year round flossers, or do we have one week flossers in here. The one week before your dentist appointment. Before anybody else is actually going to look in your mouth, you're like, you know what, I know I was supposed to be doing this the whole time. But it's important to do that. I remember uh, when I first moved to Kentucky, we had a, 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 a dentist at our congregation, incredible man named Gary Smith. And Gary's like, come see me. And I'm like, man, how long do I need to floss before I go see him? But actually, I went in. He said, I've got an appointment ready. I came in, and, and, and the, uh, the hygienist is like, when's the last time you flossed? I'm like, I said, well, does biting fishing line between your teeth count? Because I'm really good at that. If it's braided, I can't. But anything else, I, and she didn't think it was as funny as I did. 
And he said, you know what? You've got great teeth. He said, you've never had a cavity, and I haven't. Knock on wood or whatever else. He said, but what's going to be horrible is when your gums uh, recede so much, we have to pull all your teeth. So yeah, that was a scare tactic. But he tried to tell me that if I will do this on a regular basis, that I will have better gum health, better health overall. It is something that many times we put off until we have an appointment coming up. What about your cars? I uh, read about uh, a, a lady who, she, uh, her car broke down and it had to be taken to a garage. And she called her husband and said, the car's broken down. And, and uh, so the, the husband comes up to the garage and said, what's going on? He said, well, there's no oil in it. And he said, there was no oil in it. And last time he checked the oil, they began talking about what was going on. And, uh, and the guy said, well, there's a little light here that shows. She goes, man, that's been on for months. I don't know who had to do counseling that week. I'm sure it was fun. Um, but see, there was a warning. There was a warning there. I think it's very important that we realize that, that, that laziness, that we as God's people should not be lazy people. We should be people who, who are doing what, who are, are, are moving. And we look at Hebrews 6, 11, and 12, it says, And we desire that each one of you show the same what? Diligence. So as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. See, if we go further, again, Hebrews 6 is going to talk to us about faith. We go to Hebrews chapter 11. That's a book of faith. And every time you read about faith, it says, by faith, somebody, it lists, lists the action they did next to their name. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Moses did this. We should not be lazy people because laziness leads to procrastination. See, again, these breeding grounds are, 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 are dangerous. Another one, the breeding grounds, sorry about the animations is misplaced priorities. If we do not know what our why is, why we exist on this earth, we'll always have misplaced priorities. No matter what job you have, if you don't know your why, your purpose, you will have misplaced priorities. See, they're, they're a big deal. You, you think about this. Even though we're told to seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, it is very easy in our lives for God and our family to become secondary. And what happens is we, we end up letting the urgent take power over the important. And some of y'all are like, hey, but at least I'm not lazy. I'm very, very busy. Can I tell you, busy is the new lazy. Busy is the new lazy because we're busy about all the wrong stuff. We're busy about all these things, and we don't get done the things that are absolutely important. We don't, get, we don't finish the things and, and work on and give time to the things that are important, but we're very busy. We're moving. And so often, the important falls victim to what? The urgent. See, that's what happens, uh, that, that, that falls victim to the urgent. This, this call happens, and this call happens, and this call happens, and you find yourself running a million different directions, and you don't get done what it is that you have been called to do. 
How do we help ourselves out? How do we help ourselves daily to, to, uh, to, to be able to, to, to work through procrastination, to be something, to be people of action? Well, I think it takes daily protection. One of those things is there's a reason why doors have screens on them. One of those reasons keeps keep bugs out. We think about that. Another is uh, uh, to, to deal with is, is they say wear dark colors helps when it comes to mosquitoes. Wearing dark colors. Another is there are some things that are designed to help keep them away. And, and as you think about this, um, you, there are bug zappers. And those are not only uh, something they're fun, but they're slightly entertaining. Okay? So you, you think, so there's these things that, you know, you can spray on yourself to help you deal with this and to keep mosquitoes away. Uh, I have some friends, again, that go to, to Canada, uh, good Christian folks, but they will like to mess with each other. And they got up there one year, and they handed their buddy, they said, man, we've been told this is the best mosquito repellent on the planet. All they were giving was some sweet-smelling lotion. You know, he, they really loved each other. You know, he was getting eat up every day, and, and, uh, and uh, he showed it to one of the locals one day. He said, they've been giving me this, and he just, well, he realized he'd been had at that moment. See, what's some of the things? One, we need to realize that we're not promised tomorrow. That we do what? That we realize there's so many seconds on the clock, there's so many minutes, there's so many hours. Ephesians 5.15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil, that we realize this and make the best use. Also, we do what? I think it's important that we know what we're doing each day that we do have a to-do list, that we do what's important. And I know there may be some unpleasant things that we're asked to do. Can I, can I tell you, if, if you uh, look at uh, the seven habits of highly, uh, highly effective people, one of the things it says, if you've been given an unpleasant task, do the worst one first. If you've got things you've got to do, do, do the worst one first. And also, uh, I find it interesting what it said was, if a... Uh, if you've got to eat a bucket of frogs, eat the biggest one first. I prefer them fried, but, I mean, they're, they're to each his own, or grilled even. Eat the biggest one first. And I think that's a big deal, and, and think about that. Why? Because if we're going to protect ourselves, we have to realize and remind ourselves that we don't have all the time in the world. We have the time we're in right now. And if we realize that we want to make the most of our time, that we want to have priorities and realize that priority is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and make kingdom business our business. See, if we don't, what happens? I wonder how much time has been wasted. I wonder how many acts of kindness have gone undone. I wonder how many needs have not been met. I wonder how many opportunities are gone. I remember... I wonder how many relationships are still broken and how many souls are lost because we have chosen later over now. Let me ask you this. What if tonight we decide we're going to be people of action? What if tonight we decide we're, we're going to act on what we know to do is right? 
What if we, when we know that, we want to move forward and, and move toward him? And what if we chose to, to live by now and not later? It would make all the difference in the world. See, some of us tonight, there, I believe there's some in the audience tonight that, that need to become Christians and you know what you need to do. You're sort of like Felix. You have a knowledge of the way. You, you know what you need to do. You have studied about this. You've thought about this. And you know that you need to be baptized, minister your sins, giving your faith to him. What if you chose to act on now? How would that change your life? It not only change your life, it would change your eternity. Tonight, can we help you? Can we help you and you walk with him tonight? Can we help you uh, by praying for you? Can we help you by finding ways to encourage you? We would love to do that. And we help you to make that decision tonight to live in now, to make that difference now. We would love to. If we could help you with that, would you come now while we stand and while we sing?